This is a production from The Companion. Sci-fi served fresh. Content warning. This article deals with the death of a loved one. So please be advised. You're listening to The Companion's audio articles, a new series that features our best stories on The Companion. I'm Lawrence Cow. A father's battle, a daughter's war. It is equally as emotional as George Moll's piece, Jack O'Neill's Lesson in Living with Loss. I would even go as far to say the two articles go hand in hand, as they both explore their own relationships with their fathers, who have both sadly passed through the characters of SG-1. This article has not only won the praise of Amanda Tapping herself, but it was voted Stargate Reddit's Best Original Content in 2020. Sam and Jacob Carter. A Father's Battle, A Daughter's War. Starting with Stargate SG-1 episode Secrets, the saga of Samantha Carter and her father, Jacob, was one of the most powerful storylines in the series. For many of us, our introduction, or perhaps immersion, in science fiction is a multi-generational experience. George Mull wrote of it in his character analysis of Jack O'Neill throughout Stargate SG-1, and the experience was so strikingly similar to my own that I immediately reached out to him. It was my father who introduced me to Doctor Who, read me the unabridged Dracula and Lord of the Rings, and together we went on a journey through Farscape, Terry Pratchett, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Every Tuesday evening after BBC Two's regular 6pm cult slot, I would pick up the phone and we'd dissect the most recent episode of whatever it was we had watched separately but together. Those conversations, which encompass a breadth of lived experiences so incidentally, are still vital to me as fragments of advice and insight. Incomplete, but incomparable. The Dad Sea Scrolls, if you like. Even now, something will pop into my head that in hindsight has become somehow meaningful. And I know in the grand scheme of things, I'm lucky to have that. There will always be regrets that I was too much of a child at 19 to have asked the important questions. But your parents needn't have passed for you to be estranged from them, physically or emotionally. We are all, to some extent, pounding uselessly at the sheet of ice until our knuckles are bloodied, desperate to break through, to understand, and be understood in turn. Secrets. Estranged Father and Daughter It's a trope common to fiction that military parents, particularly the military parents of military children, create bonds that are more obviously strained. Loyal to a higher cause, they're forced to walk a path that takes them away from their families, whether through deployment overseas, death in battle, or sheer emotional unavailability. 
The impact of service life on the military child. The overlooked casualties of conflict. Update in a review report published in 2021. From the UK Naval Children's Charity reported that children with a serving military parent are more likely to experience anxiety and depression. Children whose parent is deployed for extended periods of time may result in difficulties within the parent-child relationship, with naval spouses reporting anger, resentment, and rejection from children towards their serving parent. Those whose offspring follow them to the flag often seek out their parents' validation or their respect, and by echoing their devotion to those same values can sometimes achieve it. The outcome is often depicted as trading an unfulfilling parent-child dynamic for a, fingers crossed, more fulfilling peer dynamic. It's a trope because we understand it. Our expectations of military behavior helpfully underscore the weight of parental expectations, rigid and hierarchical interactions, and long periods of absence, amongst other things. They also tease out the similarities in our own lives. We've all felt abandoned or isolated by a parent at some point, found their support was missing at a crucial time, an opportunity lost to their absence, or a situation transformed for the worse by their decisions. That's not the exclusive turf of those who grow up around military bases but it is the storytelling language by which it can be briskly communicated when you have a 45-minute planet-hopping sci-fi adventure to be getting on with. Here, we find U.S. Air Force Major General Jacob Carter and his daughter, then Captain Samantha Carter of SG-1. Their relationship is framed by tragedy. She blames him for her mother's death when work prevented Jacob from picking his wife up from the airport. Instead, she caught a cab and was killed in a traffic accident. As a child, the 12-year-old Samantha can be forgiven for holding Jacob responsible for a tragedy he had no hand in, but his remoteness does little to close the gap. By the time Stargate SG-1 begins, the pair are entirely estranged, bound only by their surnames and past proximity. Played by the sorely missed Carmen Argenziano, Jacob Carter is introduced in the Stargate SG-1 episode, Secrets, in an awkward reunion that once clear of their hug, sees him denigrating her life choices in an attempt to help her join NASA. Although he's skeptical about her cover story, She's unable to tell him that she routinely exceeds the wildest dreams of the space age and instead strikes a prideful tone, noting that her work is top secret. She pushes like a child against a parent for validation, but receives a child's petulant response. Just between us, your cover stories could use a little polish. Sorry, Dad, I don't know what you're talking about. Of course not, I'm out of line. But whatever it is you really analyze on that mountain, deep space or no deep space, it can't be as exciting as the real thing. I'm talking about getting you into NASA, Sam. 
I'm talking about you actually going to space someday. As they coldly part ways, Jacob reveals to her that he has terminal cancer and he hoped she would become an astronaut whilst he was still alive to witness it. It feels like an act of retaliation masked as parental care, a piece of passive-aggressive mad, mutually assured destruction, worthy of an old, cold warrior. As an adult, not a grieving teenager, lashing out and looking for someone to blame, the further souring of their relationship is a burden for both to shoulder. Sam's sadness is compounded by her guilt at the missed opportunity, her regret at the paths taken, and her frustration that understanding is just a few words away, yet the ice holds her tongue. Perhaps there is also a bitter note of recognition that now it is her devotion to duty, or willingness to hide behind it, which now holds them apart at what could have been a turning point. It is, by any measure of cultural criticism, incredible drama. It's unsurprising that of Amanda Tapping's three Leo Awards for Stargate SG-1, two are for her performances in episodes mentioned here. Best Lead Performance by a Female, Dramatic Series 2004 for Grace, which is in Season 7, Episode 13, and Best Lead Performance by a Female, Dramatic Series 2005 for Threads, Season 8, Episode 18. The Tok'ra, Part 1 and 2, Breaking the Ice. It is also, however, also science fiction, and so the story doesn't end with a rhythmic pump of chemotherapy. In the Stargate SG-1 episode, The Tok'ra Part 1, Jacob Carter summons his old friend General Hammond to his bedside as he rages against the dying of the light. He doesn't ask for Samantha, but she is, in his mind, present. Let me make a call. Get Captain Carter recalled. No need. Jacob, she should be here. Why? Let me tell you something, George. My little girl grew up seeing Daddy go off to God knows where to fight God knows who. And I always came home alive and well. Now I'm going to let her sit here and watch me lose a war? Some little runt so small I can't even see him? That's exactly what she thought you'd say. Hammond, as Sam's CO and Jacob's old comrade, is a surrogate of sorts to both. He's an unambiguous father figure to Sam, but also from this exchange, it's clear that Jacob looks to George to offer her the contact that he finds himself incapable of. It is, within the context of military masculinities, an incredible, tender exchange and Hammond closes the loop. He waves secrecy so that the father and his daughter can see each other for who they are. Sam is the daughter who saves the universe on the down low, and Jacob is the father who cares so deeply that he would do anything to shield her from hurt. For the first time, their eyes meet through the frosted sheet of ice, and it begins to crack. With understanding comes opportunity. For us, this often comes as a means to repair relationships and heal old wounds. But Stargate SG-1, being Stargate SG-1, it arrives in a far more fantastical guise. 
As SGC navigates its tense relationship with their potential allies, the Tok'ra, Sam discovers that the presence of a Tok'ra symbiote has the potential to cure Jacob's lymphoma. As it happens, binding the symbiote to a new host would solidify the mistrustful alliance between the Tok'ra and humanity, a fairly obvious analogy for the episode's other fragile new relationship. In what is for all intents and purposes a second deathbed scene in as many episodes, the blending with a symbiotic co-pilot Selmak might not take, or the cancer might be too advanced to be healed. The grizzled old warhorse makes amends as best he can in the Tok'ra Part 2. Listen, Sam. I was never good at this stuff. Dad, you don't have to say anything. You gotta know one thing. How proud I am of you. I'm not good at saying those things enough. I think you just said it pretty well. Even when I thought you were this whiz satellite geek. I was proud. That's all I wanted to say. Taste it. Tangent. Functioning father-daughter dysfunction. If that's where Samantha Carter and Jacob Carter's story ended, it would be enough. Second chances, when they come, rarely arrive via Stargate, but science fiction, with its license to render the proverbial literal, gives them a second life to match. As a respected senior commander in the U.S. Air Force and a member of the Tok'ra High Council with intimate knowledge of both cultures, Jacob Carter straddles two worlds at the very highest level. The relationship, which has been renewed now, lurches into wish fulfillment as Sam receives an appropriately emotional payoff to match the star-spanning stakes. It's ironic, ain't it? What? I was trying to find you a better assignment and you didn't need it. Now you found me the best assignment an old soldier could dream of. Thanks, Ken. This arc is effectively closed in three episodes, but Jacob remains a regular part of his daughter's world, with a mandate to meddle in Samantha's affairs that go beyond those imagined by even the most overbearing parent. It's easy to get distracted by the superficial antagonism of, say, Tangent, Season 4, Episode 12, and overlook the extent to which this once dysfunctional dynamic has started to function. SG-1 finds themselves, briefly, at cross-purposes with Jacob when they blow his cover on a Gua-Wuld-occupied world. He gives them a dressing-down worthy of his rank. Later, he channels his reserves of Tok'ra self-importance and pointedly tells Samantha, now a major, that hot-wiring a death glider in the name of humanity is ridiculous. As if it's the second week of a Christmas break in your childhood home, Sam's more juvenile instincts bubble to the surface. She rolls her eyes at the first outburst and bickers with him over the second. And what were you thinking anyway, retrofitting a death glider? You should have known better. The technology you're screwing around with is way over your head. That's the most arrogant... I can't believe that that just came out of your mouth. Well, it's the truth. 
But you of all people should know. I am uniquely qualified to know just how technologically infantile the human race is. Infantile? Yes, in comparison with the gold and toker, you're very young. You are so... There's nothing wrong with being young. Rather than showing that their relationship is just as brittle as it ever was, I'd argue that this exchange speaks more warmly than the words themselves. Compared to the tension and remoteness back in the earlier Stargate SG-1 episode, Secrets, there is an emotional vulnerability from them both. Sam is comfortable in allowing herself to be the child, rather than merely acting like one. She feels irritated by her father, and lets herself explore those feelings rather than keeping them buttoned down, just as Jacob articulates his expectations rather than choking back disappointment and releasing it in pointed passive aggression. Few of us have entirely idyllic relationships with our families, but it doesn't make those relationships problematic in themselves. We find ways to make them work. We fight and make up, talk it out, and try to deepen our understanding of ourselves and each other. Sure, Sam and Jacob would go viral on Family Feud, but this is a relationship true to both of their personalities. Maybe it's still unhealthy, but it is at least healthier. It demonstrates a connection and a dialogue between the two. Dr. Kira S. Burdett's paper, Tensions in the Parent and Adult-Child Relationship, Links to Solidarity and Ambivalence, published in Psychology and Aging, June 1, 2010, weighs up parent-child relationship quality into solidarity and ambivalence. In this instance, ambivalence is defined as experiencing positive and negative sentiments about the same relationship. For example, a daughter may experience simultaneous feelings of love and irritation regarding her mother. The study found that individual tensions, such as disagreements over specific topics, joyriding a death glider, for example, produce as much ambivalence as relationship tensions. Fundamental disagreements over how the parent and child interact, such as Jacob's remoteness or unsolicited career advice, but individual tensions had no impact on the perceived quality of that relationship. Moreover, in some cases, it makes the relationship stronger. Some research suggests a possible link between individual tensions and better relationship quality. Fingerman, in 1996, found that mothers and daughters who attributed tensions to annoying behaviors and habits reported greater regard for the relationship. Grace and Threads, Speaking from the Heart In the Stargate SG-1 episode Grace, in Season 7, Episode 13, we get the most explicit glimpse of how Samantha views her father when she is plagued by hallucinations after her ship is driven into a mysterious gas cloud. Amongst the support acts from her subconscious, Jacob offers her the comfort that was in all likelihood not part of his repertoire, but it's significant that it's him that her mind reaches for when she needs guidance. Jacob Carter, sort of. For as long as she was alive, your mother showed me a world beyond just ambition and career. She gave my life meaning and balance. 
and it was my honor to love her for the short time she was with me. And if I were young again, and I met her for the first time, even knowing her fate, I would do it all over again. That is love. Sam, I know you've denied yourself the experience because you think it must inevitably end in pain and loneliness. It's time to let go of the things that prevent you from finding happiness. You deserve to love someone and be loved in return. Hold that thought. We'll be coming back to it. Though his bonding with a symbiote drove off his cancer, even Tokra have a time limit. The next year's Stargate SG-1 episode, Threads, reflects the drama of secrets with a bittersweet symmetry. Back in season two, Samantha's big moment, her award, was set against the reveal of her father's impending death. Here, it's Sam's wedding preparations which are derailed by Jacob's news. Selmak is beginning to die as host. Jacob will die with him. History is repeating itself, but it's giving them a chance to put things right. Like the Jacob Carter of her feverish visions and grace, he offers her some fatherly advice. Although it's not as eloquent, I mean, will parents ever live up to our imaginations? It's unmistakably similar as he steers her gently towards acknowledging her feelings for Jack O'Neill. The Jacob Carter of Grace knew what Sam was feeling for her colleague because he was only ever a projection of her own hopes and fears. But the Jacob Carter of Threads comes to that same conclusion because he's her father. He knows her better than she realizes. Perhaps better than she knows herself, as Sam doesn't initially figure out what he's driving at. I just want to know you're going to be happy. I am. Don't let rules stand in your way. Jacob leaves with her simple truth of I love you. A tearful Sam confides in Jack, implying that the alien influence of the symbiote is the source of their renewed relationship. In truth, it began with the shattering of the frozen wall which decades of dysfunction had thrown up between them. Alien parasites and the restorative glow didn't return to Samantha Carter, her father, and to Jacob Carter, his daughter. They did that for themselves. This journey is also within our powers. Selmak's real gift was the time in which to cherish it, and so the message is simply this. Do not waste the time you have with one another. Don't let the ice between you grow unchecked. Never think that now is too late, because tomorrow might well be. For those of us who have lost parents, four extra years is a fantasy. I would settle for four silent seconds in which to see my father's face light up with pride again. Instead, we hold close to those moments of understanding, no matter how rare, and lament the icy shelf which continues to grow between us, thicker and taller with the passage of time. You okay? 
Actually, I'm fine. Good even, strange as that sounds. I thought I lost him four years ago. Since then, we've been closer than we ever were my whole life. In a way, Samak gave me the father I never thought I'd know. The Companions Audio Articles is a new series, and we'd love to know if you and your friends like the new show. If you do, please share it with your friends on social media, WhatsApp, or any other text groups. And also, let us know. You can tweet me at the Companion app, or send us a message on Discord. Thank you to our production team, which include Nick Hayward, Lawrence Cow, Rebecca Davis, Tommy Terry Green, James Hoare, George Mull, and Ben Herbert. Our theme song is by Lo-Fi Geek. Thank you so much for listening, and I want to especially thank our paid members. Without you, none of this could be possible. Hi there. This is Chief Master Sergeant Walter Harriman, your favorite gatekeeper. Have you ever wondered what it takes to become a certified Stargate technician? Well, now you can find out because I'm going to share my knowledge and experience with a select group of aspiring and enthusiastic gators. I want to give you a chance to be a hero too. That's why I'm happy to announce that on March 11th, I'll be taking a small number of students for my class, Gate Tech 101. Tickets are on sale now at thecompanion.app slash events. You won't want to miss this because it's not just a Stargate master class. It's a Stargate chief master sergeant class. See you there. But for now, Chevron 7 is locked.